Come on, saints, let's lift our hands and give that to the Lord tonight. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, praise him like you're glad that the King of glory is in this house. Praise God. As you remain standing, I do feel the presence of the Lord in this place. And I uh, want to thank Pastor Mangan and Sister Mickey for giving me this opportunity to address this great assembly. I know many of you and some of you have passed by, and I know that God is doing a great work in his church. Truly the voice of the Lord, no doubt the voice of the Lord has been walking amongst us, looking for somebody. Hallelujah. And I want to join in with all the voices that have gone before me. I'd like to give you what God gave to me. Book of Acts chapter 1 verse 4 says, And being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart uh, from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which saith he, Ye have heard of me, for John truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. When they therefore were come together, they asked of him, saying, Lord, would thou at this time restore again the kingdom to Israel? And he said unto them, none of your business. That's, that's none of your business. It's not for you, you to know the times or the seasons which the Father reserved for his own authority, his power. But I've got something for you. Ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost is come upon you. Hallelujah. Lift your hands with me, Lord. We thank you for your presence tonight. Thank you for your power. Give us liberty in your word. Give us clarity in our thoughts. Give us purity in our hearts to receive and respond to your voice tonight. In the mighty name of Jesus, we give you all the praise. Come on, clap your hands. Give God a praise as you see it tonight. God bless you. Hallelujah. For those that I haven't had the privilege of meeting yet, my family and I were previously evangelists and now more recently metro missionaries to the city of Chicago, or as somebody put it, this morning, poor church planters. <laughs> Shortly after our final approvals uh, and appointments to missionary status, God gave me a tremendous reality check. Used to have dreams of myself preaching powerful revival services, throwing the thunder every Sunday. But now, when I have those dreams, it becomes a nightmare because now I can't leave town every Monday morning. <laughs> and I'm passionate. I love praying with people in the altars and being a witness to God's healing power, seeing individuals filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost, seeing students, young adults receive callings. But now, I have to sit across from the same people I just prayed with in the altar and counsel with them in the office regarding things they should have prayed through about in the altars. 
Now see, that is one distinct difference between an itinerant preacher and a pastor. The former is the favorite uncle that comes by once in a while, <laughs> brings all the gifts, tells great stories, makes everybody laugh, gets everyone excited, just knows how to have a good time. But pastor, no, 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 pastor now, he's the disciplinarian, the spiritual father that has to stay and help people navigate through their mess. But tonight, I am glad to tell you that God has given me a very deep revelation since then. And now, because of this revelation, I'm committed to the task of church planting and operating in the office of an apostolic Pentecostal pastor. Now, one of the most alarming things that I had to come to grips with is the fact that people have questions. Not only do people have questions, people want answers. <laughs> Hear me now. So what do you say to the child who just lost both their parents in a car accident? How do you comfort the man who after 25 years of marriage, his wife decides to leave? Where is the consolation for the young woman that asks, where was God? Well, I was physically, verbally, or even sexually abused. And that's when it hit me. That's when the light bulbs turned on. That's when I got excited and I got a little happy inside because I understood something. We have the potential to become highly effective, not because we have the answers to all those questions, but we can become the best ministers and the most powerful men and women of God to hurting and broken people because we don't have all the answers to those questions. I realize that in order to be a successful man of God, it is imperative to become comfortable with a phrase that I've adopted into my verbal arsenal. And I'd like to share that with you tonight. I want to give you three words that can and will liberate you to do God's will in the most efficient way possible. And those words are, I don't know. Before you clap, how about you exercise that? Everybody said, I don't. Doesn't that feel good? It's a release that comes when you're comfortable with admitting, I don't know. Prophet Ezekiel received this revelation in chapter 37. You know the story. Hand of the Lord was upon him, carried him out in the spirit of the Lord, and set him down in the midst of the valley which was full of bones, and caused him to pass by them round about. And behold, there were very many in the open valley, and lo, there were very dry. And he's, he said unto me, God is asking me a question, and says, can these bones live? And I can just almost imagine Ezekiel just kind of sitting there. Oh, I thought that was a rhetorical question. <laughs> and so he looks back at God and says, Thou knowest. 
You know what he was really saying? I have no clue. I don't know. The hand of the Lord was evidently upon this prophet, this preacher. He even got in the spirit so that God can take him to a place that had great need. But the prophet realized he didn't have the answer to this impossible situation. However, he knew that God did. What will qualify us to accomplish impossible tasks for the kingdom of God is the notion that we don't know some things, but God knows everything. There is a liberating power that will rest on pulpit and preacher alike when we stop trying to function in a role that was designed exclusively for the divine. We can harness a hidden authority over any situation when we can admit I don't know. Because the truth is we don't know and the truth is only God knows. Somebody needs to realize tonight omniscience is reserved for omnipotence. And knowing all is a luxury dedicated to one who is all powerful. And we cannot compete with an almighty, all knowing, all sufficient, supreme creator. We don't need to know what tomorrow holds. Because we know who holds tomorrow. He knows the end from the beginning. He is the author and the finisher. He is the first and the last, the alpha, the omega. He is which was and is and it all sufficient, all powerful God. So your best recourse is to come to grips with that fact that we will never have all the answers. You'll feel a lot better about your ministry when you come to grips with this. Only God has every solution for every problem that may ever arise. And I am not God. It's his kingdom. It's his church. It's his building project. It's his money. It's his saints. I am not God. As a servant of, oh, hallelujah. As a servant of God, you've got one job. Do exactly what he says. It is not your responsibility to grow the church. It's his church, and he will add to it daily however he chooses to see fit. Hallelujah. Let me relieve you tonight of that responsibility you have placed on your own shoulders. You are not the almighty, but we are servants of the most high God, and we are oracles of the word and voice. need to know what to do. We just need to hear what he says. 
And when we hear what he says, then we will know what to do. I don't have to know everything because he knows everything. And I know him. And with this in mind, it's quite all right to accept that we don't have answers for people. But we know the one who does. Somebody needs to be reminded tonight. It's not about what you know. Oh, how I feel like preaching in here. It's about who you know. We don't need to know the what, the when, the why, or the how because we know the who and knowing him gives us confidence beyond ourselves. It empowers us to move forward in the face of uncertainty. I don't know what is happening to your health, but I know who is the healer. Hallelujah. I don't know when your child is coming back to God, but I know who is the deliverer. I don't know where your finances and funding is coming from, but I know who owns the cattle on a thousand hills, and he is better at being God. Hallelujah. We have the potential of being the best ministers to our harvest when we get comfortable with the ignorance of what to do next. And this is what I call the power of the unknown. The unknown unites us with God's agenda for our circumstances. The unknown pushes us to rely on the anointing of the Holy Ghost to lead every word, every choice, and every action, every reaction in the face of uncertainty. Now, I know what some of you are thinking. He's young. He's a little ignorant. I know it sounds like being ignorant, but sometimes that's okay. Turn to your neighbor and say, that's okay. You're in good company. <laughs> the gospel message spread like wildfire in the first century when the ignorant and the unlearned got a hold of a reliance on Holy Ghost power to accomplish kingdom business. Hallelujah. When Peter met the man at the gate, beautiful, the lame man asked alms. And when Peter responded, silver and gold, have I none? What Peter essentially was doing was telling the man, I don't have an answer to your question, but I know who is the answer. He looked at him and said, I, I ain't got what you need, but I know a guy. Hallelujah. I know a God in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Get up. Oh, hallelujah. Get up. Rise up and experience the unknown. Experience the supernatural in your life. I wonder what would happen 
if we gave people a lot less answers and started giving them a lot more Jesus. I'll tell you what will happen. Hallelujah. The miraculous will happen. It will loose Holy Ghost power to operate in the midst of impossibilities. It will activate the gifts of the Spirit to be dominant in your life. Here's why. Spiritual giftings are given to the ignorant so that we can know the unknowable, speak the unspeakable, and do the impossible to accomplish kingdom initiatives on earth. I don't know about you, but that lightens my burden of ministry. Hallelujah. Because it's not all up to me to get this done. I wish somebody, I want to speak to my generation today. To accomplish the call of God, it will require you to call on God. Can I say that again? To accomplish the call of God in your life, sometimes you're going to have to rely on the power of the Holy Ghost on what to do next. Book of Acts text that we read. Disciples are gathering together for the ascension of Jesus Christ. When they therefore were come together, they asked of him, saying, Lord, will thou at this time restore again the kingdom to Israel? Simply what they were saying was, when will it be like the old days again, Jesus? We used to love that. You know, we, we love having those brush arbor meetings, and we love having all these things that got us to where we are. We love that stuff. We think about it, we celebrate it, and we ought to. Uh, some of you are thinking, man, such good preaching already. I'm going to go back home and have me a six-week revival off on Mondays, maybe. <laughs> like the old days. They were so consumed with what was happening in the past. They couldn't wrap their minds around what God was doing in the present. Not the future, the present. God is doing a new thing. Oh I, oh, I felt that. Oh, yeah, I felt that resistance. No matter how much you smile at me, I know where you're at right now. God is doing a new thing. Uh, yeah, you might tell, well, uh, brother, I'm going to have to check your theology a little bit because the Bible says there's nothing new under the sun. Okay, there's nothing new. And you are 100% accurate. You are biblically sound until there's a virgin birth. Until somebody gets so desperate, so hungry for a move of God, they're willing to step out of the safety of a boat onto a, a body of water that is tossed by a storm, hallelujah, with zero chances of survival. And I know what you think the other people that would like to stay up in that boat, they're looking at Peter and say, that's a bad idea, Peter. And I can feel the spirit of Peter say, of course, it's a bad idea. But if it works, you're going to ask me to put it into a PDF and email it to you. <laughs> oh, you're going you're gonna to be ringing my phone off the hook, having me teach church growth all... Uh... <laughs> and he's looking at these disciples. 
as he steps back into that boat and their jaws are dropped. And he's like, stop looking at me. It wasn't even my idea. I got it from Jesus. <laughs> Hallelujah. What makes it a good idea is that you got it from Jesus. Can I tell my counterparts and young ministers that are attempting to do kingdom business, not every good idea is a God idea. What makes it a God idea is that you got it from God. What makes it work is that you got it from God. What qualifies it for the miraculous is that you got it from God. And if you got it from God, don't be afraid to step into the unknown because there's a miracle, there's supernatural, there are giftings that are waiting. Somebody lift your hands right now in the Holy Ghost. Come on, you're right there. Somebody's right there at that crossroads of where I'm pointing to. And you're thinking about, what do I do next? The answer is not packing up your bags and looking for the next opportunity. Your answer is on your face, on your knees, with your ears open to hear from God. I want somebody to find a young minister right by them and lay your hands on their minds in the name of Jesus and begin to pray the power of the Holy Ghost to give them divine wisdom, not just to come up with ideas, but to rely on God. got to rely on God. I've got to rely on God. a new thing and you're not going to find it under the sun. You've got to reach beyond the sky. You've got to go into another dimension. It's a place that you can go in God. excited we're going to hear a word from the Lord in a few moments hallelujah but the gifts of the spirit are one not manifest in this place hallelujah before we go into the next leg of this service and if you just lift your hands right now God is going to begin to use some people hallelujah in spiritual operations and you're going to begin to minister to people behind you in front of you hallelujah on the side of you praise the Lord you don't have to know what you're going to say rely on the Holy Ghost to give you the unction to give you the function to give you an authority in the spirit 
told those disciples, it is not for you to know what the Father has put in his own power, but I'm not leaving you out. I've got something for you. I've got power for you. Hallelujah. We know this. I'm preaching in the choir right now, but you know that that term power in that former verse was talking about authority power. Hallelujah. That term power in the Acts 1 and 8 is talking about the enabling power. Hallelujah. So he said, I've got the authority over the knowledge, but you've got the ability over the action. The power to know is reserved for God. The power to do is reserved for you. You didn't believe that. Because we're still in the phase where we want God to do everything, right? He said, oh, unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we can ask or think. Go ahead and shout now. Oh, you, you t- <laughs> Because that's not the end of the verse. He chooses to do exceeding abundantly above all that we can ask or think according to the power that works in you. Hallelujah. My job is to hear his voice and do what he says. Hear his voice and do exactly. the importance of your relationship with God. I've got to know him. Recognize his voice that I may know him. The power of his resurrection. The fellowship of his suffering. Daniel said, he said, the people that do know their God shall do exploits. The doing power comes from you knowing him not knowing the details on how to solve it yourself because he might not disclose all the details to you but if you hear from him you operate on the knowledge that he gives you and wait for the next order and that's how the miraculous happens power of the unknown you may be seated Power, the unknown, is produced when we spend less brain power and emotional fortitude on trying to know the details and spend more of our efforts getting to know deity. God is able, but he wants to do it through you. And by the name of Noah, invoke the power of the unknown when this voice of the Lord commanded him to do something that had never been done before. Build the largest boat that anybody has ever seen. Because something that was about to happen that had never happened before. Abraham invoked the power of the unknown when he left everything he knew to pursue a promise received from a voice of a God seemingly nobody knew about. Because something was about to happen that had never happened before. Moses invoked the power of the unknown 
when Pharaoh, after he finally was convinced to release the Israelites, went back to recapture them and caused the people to be stuck at the brink of a Red Sea. And God was about to do something that has never... Here's the word for the church today. God is about to do something that he's never done before, but he's waiting for somebody to have a tuned ear to his voice that can hear what to do next. Nobody ever saw fire fall from the sky, but Elijah was challenged to do something under the unction of God's spirit, hallelujah, that had never been done before, hallelujah. Fire falling from heaven on an altar that was dampened and wet and soaked with water that he had no business using. Ezekiel invoked the power of the unknown when he was presented with a lost cause and obeyed God and prophesied as he was commanded. No matter what the current circumstance looked like, no matter what everybody else said about it, he did as he was told. And tonight you will invoke the power of the unknown when you determine to go back home. Get in the spirit and get a word from almighty God and do exactly what he tells you to do. No matter how difficult, no matter how silly it sounds, no matter how unconventional, how uncomfortable it is, it is time to invoke the power of the unknown. Lift your hands in this house tonight. I don't care if enemies are surrounding you, whether through adversary, spiritual, or natural. Hallelujah. You can be like Jehoshaphat, surrounded by some allied forces, things compiling themselves to come against you. But God, he's telling you, you don't have to worry about the outcome. Just call on me, and I've got an answer for you. It's the power of the unknown. Stand with me tonight and lift your hands unto the Lord. I know how you're feeling right now. You feel vulnerable. You might feel a little insecure or get a little bit of anxiety on the inside when you don't feel like you're in control. Hallelujah. Well, that's quite all right because that feeling gives an open door for the gift of faith to be activated and begin to operate through you in a dimension that you have not been used in heretofore. Hallelujah. The power of the unknown is wanting to get a hold of the church. If you want to lift your hands and your voice and begin to call on God tonight. <laughs> 